1: This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option.
2: Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome in to the Triple Option. Paul Catalina, my good friend Pierre Newsom, Fox9, Minneapolis, with us today. Pierre's fresh off the dentist. Let's see those pearly whites.
0: There we go. I always go back to this dentist too, because every time, every single time I see her, she says, ah, oh, you got such beautiful teeth. I'll say, yeah. well, why thank you. Yeah. What a good way to keep me coming back. It's it look, it's good for self-esteem. Yes. Right? Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. It's very yes. good for self-esteem. I think you, uh, you know, um, you need, you need this kind of boost. I, I went to the eye doctor last week. He's like, you've got great eyes. I mean, I say <laughs> this through reading glasses right now, but he's like very yeah, healthy right. eyes. That's good. Yes, your that's prescription hasn't changed. You can keep your same contacts, you know. Like, he had a very nice way of saying, you don't have
0: glaucoma. Live your life. <laughs> that, hey, that is and, – and what better way to say you don't have glaucoma? I mean, that's just yeah. – uh, it makes you feel so good. I left without getting new uh, teeth. I need to get my teeth whitened. Forgot yeah. about that. But, you know, they're always right there. Walk to the dentist. You know, it's four degrees outside, Paul. So – yeah, that's the that walk is about, uh, I'd say, between five and ten minutes. Yeah. No, definitely but, not more than ten minutes. But four degrees makes it feel like a day. It's hell on earth. Yeah. Yes. It's so, terrible. It
2: is awful. When I was in middle school, we had to watch a movie, and I would recommend you looking this up on IMDb to verify that it is, in fact, a film, but it's called To Build a Fire. And the whole time it's narrated. And it's this guy walking through the Yukon in winter. And okay. it's like 50 below, 75 below. He's got a dog. Like the... And here's the the really messed up part about it: is I'm like 7th or 8th grade. And about halfway through the movie, they don't show this. But you, it kind of occurs to you like, okay, this guy's going to die freezing to death. And if the guy dies, the dog is done too. Right. And then... And this is not a good thing to have feeling as a seventh grader. You're pissed off at this guy for taking, like, being outside. And the, I know that, like, the movie takes place in, like, you know, olden days. Sure, but sure. He's walking around, and he's walking through the snow, and he keeps trying to warm him up. He, he's, he's going like this the whole time. And he yeah. spits, and it freezes in the air. And that's how I felt when I was visiting you in Minneapolis uh, when you we were doing the Super Bowl. I thought about that movie. And I thought, yeah. people should see this and go, yeah, let's not do this. But four degrees. And it was cold. It was very cold here this week. We were down right. in the teens. We were down in, the teens. We were down in the teens. We didn't have any kind of uh, snowpocalypse or ice-mageddon or um, any of that. But it was, it was quite cold. You know, The pipes could have frozen. My mom had some out, outdoor pipes br- burst. Fortunately, she's got two different systems, so it didn't affect her inside plumbing. But yeah.
0: I, I remember one night, actually when I was there, I, I can't remember what year it was, but one, when I was there, when you're driving home from work and we had a little bit of a light snow flurry coming home. And normally when I'm coming home from the KCN studios at the time, it, it, you know, I leave, I'd leave there at what, 1030 at night, 1030, 1045, close to 11. There's nobody on the road. It's, it's a straight shot down back to my place. And that night when there was just a little bit of snow, just a little bit of snow dusting, there's a little bit of snow on the ground, but it wasn't bad. We're backed up for miles. Yeah, miles. Oh, it's it's it, a, it's everybody's panic stricken. Yes, um,
2: school started late yesterday, right? Or no, t- it Tuesday was day before day before day yeah. before yesterday. School started late because it was cold. Now, if you're in a rural area like Crawford, which is uh, if you're watching from around the country, that's where President Bush lives. If you're yeah. In Crawford or if you're in Valley Mills or Clifton or like one of those areas that, you know, Marlin, Mart, Riesel, like, yeah, the ro- like nobody's really on the roads that much. So the roads around your neighborhood are probably pretty slick and you need the, the sun to come up before you really get going and get it. But if you're here in Waco proper, that is, there's no reason. The roads never got icy. Nope. There was like, well, they, they were like, if there was a spot of ice, it's just because like there was an awning over it and the sun couldn't get to it. It wasn't that bad, but we started school late because it was 20 degrees. Yeah. Like, so yeah. tell that, just go tell that to, you know, go tell that, go back to the dentist to schedule your whitening appointment and just tell your, you, just the receptionist that, that you just heard that that's what they did. And she's like, oh, those people are sissies. I don't know.
0: Yeah, uh, she said it just like that too. 100. <laughs> they said it exactly like that. Pretty good. Um, pretty good softball team in Crawford. For now that you bring that up, from what I remember, though, yeah, good-ish. they're
2: still pretty good. Midway's the better yeah. one, but yeah, Crawford's still pretty good. Yeah. Who's got the better one? A
0: Midway. Oh, Midway's got. Oh, well, yeah, yeah sure. Now I get that. Yeah. yeah,
2: Midway's. I mean, of course, it's you know different. You know, like right. Bigger school and very little school, but yeah, yeah, no. Um, sure. So uh, anyway, before we get on to our football topics. I can't wait to hear your opinion on this. So last night, I don't know if you saw it, Pierre, but UCF, who's on a great tear in basketball right now, they beat okay. Kansas last week, and they beat Texas last night. As their players, they beat Texas in Austin. as their players are going through the handshake line, and they're getting the, you know, they're getting booed and, and heckled by the Texas students, they threw the horns down. Let me get on camera. They threw the horns down to the crowd. Rodney Terry, and I quote, told them, don't do that shit. And it reignited a debate that I thought might be over because it, like, if you ask most Texas fans, they don't care about the horns down. But there's clearly some sort of institutional policy, if you're a coach, to be super offended by it and then send out propaganda like, this only happens to Texas. Why do we have to deal with this? And then your fans, of which the majority of them, don't care. They really don't care. Like, if you ask most Texas fans, I would say three to one would say, no, I don't care. And then the one is the one who just believes everything that anyone would tell him that comes from the burnt orange, you know. Oh, you know, yes, Vince Young's going to be here, and his tears will cure your disease. Like, oh, I hope he cries on me, you know, that kind of a thing, that kind of a super fan. The other three are normal, reasonable people who happen to like Texas and just like, eh, it's kind of dumb because every fan base has to go through this. But it has reignited a debate, and Rodney Terry, who is not, like, in the best spot right now when it comes to keeping his job for next year, you could see it starting to wear on him because the horns down has hurt his feelings. Pierre is a person who um, doesn't have patience for hurt feelings unless they're legitimate. How do you feel about Texas being upset that people throw the horns down?
0: This one has always been a fun one for me because especially when when Texas A&M used to be in the conference and you, know, you see it with Oklahoma in the, in the football game. And for me, it's like, you know... That's the, it's part of the deal. This is part of the deal. It's part of fandom. fandom. Like what it's, it's people act as if it's some kind of sacrilegious hand gesture that could, if if they had it their way, could get you in the clink for five to 10. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's like, okay, you're, you're a big, super Texas fan. I, I, I get it fine. But in, in all honesty, I'm kind of like, grow up. It's it's part of the territory. It comes with the territory. Like and that's just, it's just how it is. Like if if Rodney Terry wants to be mad about it and try to save face and like like you said, make it look like hey, I really really care about this program mm-hmm. and nothing's going to insult the University of Texas as long as I'm around. Better put the old cowboy hat and saddle it up. But that's fine. I don't, I don't. But at the same time, too, like if you're if you're walking around and you see the Oklahoma football team put the horns down after the game after they win. And that just ruins your entire fall, then you might want to reevaluate re- your life. Yeah, just, just beat them. Just go beat them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all you got to do all this.
2: Yeah. Just beat them. Bottom line, just beat them. That's all you got to do. Yeah. It's just win. Don't blow a 16 point lead at home. Don't do it
0: a bad are, idea. Are they mad? Are they also mad that, like, you know, the rest of the team, like, you know, Baylor and TCU and 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 Texas A&M, they've all got their hand gestures and stuff like that for their respected mascots. Are they, are they mad that they can't like inadvert the claw or something? You know, you can't like turn. Is this now going to be bad for Baylor? Are you really going to jerk your shoulder all the way around? <laughs> just go like this. Like, are they mad that it's just too simple to to put the horns down? Like. Come on, man.
2: Look, I, I'll just tell you, I've been in Gainesville and in Miami hearing awful things about my alma mater. Awful, awful, terrible things. And you know what? Like I'm playing tennis, you just volley back. Right. Just hit it back. That's what they want you to do. That makes it fun. Yes. It makes it
0: annoying when you're like, you guys are stupid. Sports are gay. I'm going home. Like, that's, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, Exactly. You just, you get all upset about you. You have the blanket. It's like your cry baby. You run away and you're running, running home to your mom.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's not like just, you know, just to accept it. And look, I know like Paxton is on our chat room. He doesn't care about the horns down. Like he's a huge Longhorns Paxton. fan. Paxton. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. He doesn't care. Like it doesn't bother him. You know, and I'll tell you what Paxton's more bothered by than the horns down, just based on his comments lately. He's very bothered by Rodney Terry, not winning enough. (laughs) Like, that's what he's bothered by. Right. So so really, I know that, like, this might get cast as, like, an entire University of Texas issue. But to me, this is a Rodney Terry thing. Rodney Terry is the one who, like, brought it back up again. And it's because, look, he's in a place that You're not, um, you're only as good as what you did yesterday. Not what you've done overall, not the fact that he took over Chris Beard's team last year in a really awkward and terrible situation, took the the horns deeper than they've been in the postseason a long time. That was great, but most horns fans will tell you that they think that was more Chris Beard doing a better job than him. Chris Beard's at Ole Miss now and not losing all that much, (laughs) so it makes it look worse. You went and got Max Asus, one of the best players in the country, to come there. They've got all these transfers that should be better, and they've lost a bunch of times this year. They just blew a 16-point lead to UCF at home. And no offense to UCF fans, you're doing great. You just beat Kansas and that, but the fans at Texas are not going to see that as something that's acceptable. They're not even, it's not even going to occur to them that UCF and Johnny Dawkins might be pretty good and that they just beat Kansas next last week. They're just thinking, well, who's UCF? You know, like we're leaving this conference so we don't have to be around teams like that. And now they're beating us, Rodney Terry? Do you not understand how this is supposed to work? Like, yes, fine. Lose to Kansas, lose to Baylor, like lose to teams that have won titles. But if you lose to UCF, it's just going to make them matter, which I think it has Um, and then he knows that. So when he sees the horns down, he feels like he's going to stand up for something, but I don't think he realizes he's standing up for something that no one cares about. At least not Lord. He's trying to, Oh, he's stuck up for us. Like you said, put the cowboy hat on. He's stuck up for us. He's here for us. Yeah. I mean, no, like, You'll you'll win them back, Rodney. When you go beat Kansas and Houston and Baylor and Tech and the good teams in the league, like go to Iowa State, beat them on the road. Like do a hard thing, and then you'll yeah. you'll win them back. But going like, hey, don't say mean things. It's not going to help.
0: No, and and on top of it too, nobody's going to remember the post game press conference. People are going to remember the one whether you won or you lost. Yeah, I mean, they might remember it in the moment, but. Everybody's gonna go back to the box score and say, well, wait a minute. You that's a nice hat, but you still lost. Yeah. That's kind of a problem. Yeah. So maybe you should focus more about the product on the floor than UCF giving you the horns down. That might that'd be a good start.
2: Yeah. And look, I I just I I mentioned that about Paxton. I went to the chat room. I've I've got his emotions in check. I hadn't even read what he said yet. I just knew what he'd been saying. Like and you know, he's a gay like, he's on the, like, if I had, a like, a meter of Texas fan, like, I, I would probably put him at a 9.4. Yeah, he's pretty high up there. He's pretty high up there. He's, he's, he's pretty high up there, you know? And then there's, like, there's ones, and I'm not saying you're, like, less of a fan than Paxton if you're a 7.5. You're just maybe a little less emotional about it, right? So, like, he's at, like, a 9.4. So, if a 9.4 can tell you. I'm. I don't give a crap about the horns down. Then you know that it's the coach making this up because he's trying to. Um, I'll, okay, I'll compare it to something. We're just talking about Ice Mageddon. So our governor Greg Abbott, uh, who almost Ooh. got us all, yeah, who almost got us all killed during that time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, right after, like, like literally two weeks after it happened, and he was for the first time. Um, even his people who support him were really like, I don't know about this guy. Like my power was off for four days. Like, I don't really feel like we're being told the truth. I can't fly to Cancun. I can't. Yeah. (laughs) All those things. He comes out and he's like, guess what? No more masks. And, (laughs) And people, enough people were like, well, golly. Yeah. Alrighty. So that was Rodney Terry going, guess what? No more masks. Yeah. Go to a restaurant.
0: That's right. Kiss a stranger.
2: Don't worry about it. Everything's <laughs> fine. Walk to the grocery store. Lick the produce. Nobody like it's all fine. Freedom. And then that's what it was. So Rodney Terry has got a situation where he's not winning, his own Ice McGeddon, and he's just walking out there going, No horns down. Don't do it. So that he's hoping to distract people. Yeah. But again, I do think. And this is me saying a nice thing about Texas fans. I think most of them are smart enough to be like, "Wait a minute.
0: <laughs> just go win." With like it's, just win. It's the old pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. That that's all it is. That's all it is. Pay no attention, you know? I like just focus on a common enemy, which, you know, UCF is a classic enemy of Texas. You know, their their rivalry goes back dozens of days. So it's, <laughs> yeah.
2: come on. Play. It's <laughs> come on. The rivalry goes all the way back to the year 2023. Right, exactly. <laughs> or come, A tale as
0: old as time.
2: <laughs> where they played the first game and they met in the middle, taking covered wagons the entire <laughs> way. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. So, play no, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh Pierre, uh, I have not talked to you since last <laughs> week when the coaching dominoes all fell in college football uh we did talk about Saban we knew that um yeah. which I mean has changed everything
0: I I just before you even say anything I, I just what I believe it was after we had gotten done with the show that day it was either later that day or the next day when I see Florida State hand their new not their new head coach but your head coach Paul a shiny new contract. I said, ah, we just missed it. We just missed <laughs> yeah. the news. Like, Paul can breathe again. Oh, it was,
2: um, when it happened, I mean, Garrett will tell you. I, was, was, a me- I was a mess. I was going through yeah. it. Because I didn't know, like, again, look, and, and I'll say this. Alabama, so Alabama made a really good hire in Kalen Abor. I think that Washington made a good hire in Jed Fish. Um, and I think Arizona made a good hire in Brent Brennan, but sad. it's it's the diminishing returns, right? You know, yeah, you're sad. Yeah, I know. yet you're a San Jose State uh, yeah. grad, so like they all made good hires. The problem is, is that I'm not going to pretend like any of those guys, except for Kay- like Kalen DeBoer is the guy who got it. But like in the if FSU didn't get it, were they going to hire Kalen DeBoer? Maybe because it's Jimmy Sexton, but had they not gotten, say, Kalen DeBoer because Norvell got it, then I don't really know, you know, where they go. And so I was kind of panicked about it. But I don't have to worry about it. He's going to be there for, for quite some time. So, yes. um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled uh, that that happened. But it set off these dominoes. Uh, Kalen DeBoer goes to Alabama. He has to rebuild a complete roster. Jed Fish, like, the, if you look at the transfer portal now, it's mostly, it's mostly Alabama and Washington players. Yep. It's all these guys who are available, and it's because of this weird situation of rule and another reason the college football calendar is the least useful thing in the whole world. But uh, just your thoughts on the dominoes that have fallen, especially you as a San Jose State fan. You've had some pretty good years under Brent Brennan, and your school does not exactly
0: spend a whole lot of money on athletics. No, no. Actually, when, in my first year there, I can recall that there was con- there were conversations, serious conversations, about getting rid of the football program entirely. And this was when Dick Tomey was the head coach. I think Dick Tomey had just gotten there. And that first year under Dick Tomey was kind of so-so. But then the next year, suddenly things were starting to look better and better. And then suddenly we were seeing butts in the seats. And and that was a really good thing for that university. And I, I, I as great as that stretch was... And then they had three years with Mike McIntyre before he took the job over at Colorado. Um, but I would argue that this has been the greatest stretch of San Jose State football in the last 50 years, 50 years, Paul, under Brent Brennan. So I, I we knew it was inevitable. We heard whispers last year and the year prior What was it the COVID year when they won the, um, the, the Mountain West title. And so I, it was expected at some point. So I, I'm not terribly surprised. I hope he does very well in Arizona. The 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 higher that I, I'm not gonna say raise my eyebrow, but Jed Fish, you know, going to Washington for me is probably the most intriguing of them all. Only because not that, you know, obviously money talks. It, it, that's you know the, the way things are, but I thought Jed Fish had a really good situation in Arizona, you're going into the big 12. I'm not, not to say that you should shy away from the bigger competition, but you know, the, the road in the big 10 now is just going to get harder and harder. Mm-hmm. And and when you have a great revitalization of the program that you did at Arizona and you're getting fans interested and you're going into the big 12, a conference that is going to be competitive, but is not out of the question in terms of you maybe finding a pathway up to the top. That part of it just surprised me a little bit. I, I'm not surprised by the money. I'm not surprised by the bigger opportunity, but that aspect to it, I thought, surprised me just a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, Arizona's got a, a couple of kind of weird restrictions as a state where you can only have a five-year contract as a state employee yeah. that's any state right. employee. So if you're the comptroller, you've only got five yeah. years, you know, th- those kind of things. So um, that's going to put them
0: That's a good point. at, yeah. at a
2: bit of a competitive disadvantage. And I don't, I don't see that changing in Arizona. Like I don't think they'll be like, well, because they'd only be changing it for one guy, you know, or two guys. Like, oh, we don't want Kenny Dillingham to leave, you know, if he does well. Let's us all – Brett Brennan doesn't go anywhere else. Let's make sure that everybody but coaches, like you can have one if you know. So it's just, it's not worth one of those things. You don't change a whole law because of several people, right? No,
0: even though though the term is limited too, that doesn't mean you can't pour in more money in the term.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you can always, here's the thing, you can renegotiate, like, you can tear up one and be like, okay, there's a five-year contract. Well, two years in, oh, this is the five-year contract. It's a five-year contract from now, from now, from now. So there's ways around it. But if you can just go to a place that can double your salary and be like, yeah, we're going to give you a seven-year contract right now that, you know, we... It'll be harder for us to get out of, too. That's more security for Jetfish, and it's a bigger opportunity. There's more money in the Big Ten, all that stuff. But Arizona was going to have a really good shot if they kept the roster together. And they might yeah. still, if they're able to keep the roster together, but they've already had nine people go in. Now, not Noah Fafita, not, not McMillan, but their two best players are still there today. <laughs> but what's true today is not necessarily true tomorrow. And so we'll right. see. We'll, we'll continue to monitor that. But, you know, um, it has set off an interesting set of dominoes. And I think the, the biggest one is now you've got three programs that have to completely build their roster probably, Arizona now being one of them too, because it's they've got 30 days to, to decide this, and we're only in like – they still have like 25 more days yeah. to, to make their mind up, to, to go in the portal. And so it's it's very – you know, weird. And then the other thing that it is, is it's a, and not that anybody's crying for Alabama to be at a competitive disadvantage for once in their life, <laughs> but it's a competitive disadvantage for these teams in that, all right, okay, I was just sitting around waiting. I pretty much made all my portal moves. You know, we have one more weekend of visits, or they had one more, you know, we're, we're, we might get one more person like, oh, wait a minute. Alabama stores open, Washington stores open, Arizona stores open. Let's go, you know? And so now you can go, oh, I can get, you know, look, we're going to talk about Caleb Downs in a second, who's maybe the best player that's been in the portal overall. Like he's in the portal now. Georgia can just go, oh, yeah, you wanted to come here? Here you go. Or Ohio State. I know Ohio State's meeting with him today. But, you know, it's probably going to be Georgia, you know. Oh, do that. You know, Mike Norvell, we just talked about him. He, he buys in bulk at the Alabama store right now. He's got five so far. So far. <laughs> And I think there's a couple more that have gone in that he wouldn't, he wouldn't say no to if they, called up, if they called him back and said, yeah, I'd like, a, I'd like to come to Tallahassee, you know? And so those things are, it's very weird. They've got, like, something's got to be done about this to where it makes sense. Because also, for uh, the SEC teams, and Seth Emerson wrote this in The Athletic today, The SEC, if you transfer in the spring, you're not eligible in the fall. Now, they're talking about changing that rule, Mm. but if you've decided to transfer in the spring, you better be okay sitting if you go to another SEC school. So if you decide to leave Alabama because they've gotten somebody in who's going to start over you, and you say, well, I'm not going to start here. I'm going to go – I'll go to LSU. Well, you're going to play in LSU in 2025. So no other conference has that rule, but – the SEC is trying to, I think, restrict because there's, there's a lot of SEC on SEC crime when it comes to the portal. Oh, yeah. I think they're having to try like one little restriction, which I don't mind. But the thing is, is that they also run the risk of like, oh, well, I'll just go to Ohio State then because I can play. So you're hurting yourself on, on that end. So it's, it's all very weird. And again, the fact that conferences all have different rules in this day and age doesn't really make sense either, does it? No. No, I mean, so no,
0: no, yeah, no. And we haven't even, we haven't even talked, we haven't, haven't even talked about the, the coaching job that isn't even open yet at the University of Michigan, which eventually feels like it will be open. And my, my, my thought process is well, who's next in line there? Because what are you inheriting exactly? Yeah. What exactly are you inheriting?
2: Yeah. So, so I think people like fans will probably have more, you know, grace towards that now. And be like, well, we know that yeah. everybody left, so now it's like, okay, let's see how well you can build this team. Uh, but, but yeah, this is uh, this is just such a weird thing. And like, there, every day I like find out a new like weird rule that someone has. Like, I didn't, I knew about that SEC rule, but I'd never thought about it in the context of of Alabama and how. You know, Seth Emerson put it really well. Like if you're the backup safety in Alabama who's who thinks you're gonna start because Caleb Downs is leaving, you're gonna go through spring and then but you could get to spring having not been in the transfer portal and they could have gotten somebody who's gonna start over you and then you're like, Well, now I gotta go. And if you wanted to go to another SEC school, you're not gonna play. So you'd have to, you know, go somewhere else. But you know, I guess if the SEC wants everybody else to benefit, that's fine. With most most other conferences, it's just for that individual player. Like it limits the choices because what if the other choice was LSU? He can't go there now. What if it's Georgia? He can't go there now. Now nobody's gonna cry for those schools, but at least for those kids, it's like, well, all right, I guess I'll I guess I'll go to Washington, you know, or I guess I'll go to to Purdue. I mean, I, I don't know like who, who's Oregon, got a spot man. for I've seen Oregon in a heartbeat. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Minnesota's always looking for players. Minnesota is <laughs> always looking for players. Minnesota, the, the Miami of the Midwest.
2: Correct. As it's known. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When we come back, Caleb downs might be the best player that's been in the portal overall completely. And that's even with cam Ward. Who's going to Miami. And Walter Nolan, Evan Stewart, Caleb Downs, by far the most accomplished of all of them as a freshman. This is the Triple Option on 365 Sports.
1: If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option.
2: Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome back, Paul Catalina. Pierre Nugent here on the Triple Option on a Thursday, the last show we do of the week. You know, Pierre, when I started the show, we were going to do it every, every day, and then we grew football season. I had to do this show. I had to do, like, the Friday show because Craig and Smokey were off doing high school ball together. And I was like, you know what? I, you know, here's the great thing about podcasts. And you'll never have this luxury in TV. We can do whatever we want. Yes. We can do it. Like, honestly, like I do this show at the same time every day because I like the consistency. But theoretically, in the podcast world, I could do it whenever I wanted to. Like, right. You know, it's, it's just how it is. There are a lot of podcasts out there that, like, they just kind of pop up at random times. Like, you know, so, you know, it, it's great. You'll never have that glory in television. No. No, I will not.
0: you are there yep. <laughs> until, until somebody just decides we're just going to be on streaming. Like where there's no more over the airwaves, you know, which could happen. Who knows? I don't know when that's going to happen, but, yeah. but yeah, you're right. Yeah. I am bound to certain times. That yes. is correct.
2: Yes. Your butt's going to be in a chair at 10 26 PM every
0: night. That is correct. Yes. But Nailed the time like, as well.
2: Yeah. If I like, if you want to know where Pierre is at 1026 p.m., <laughs> turn on your
0: television. That's where that's he is. That's right. Yes. Please don't rob me while I'm at work. You know, <laughs> like, like, so, yes. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. So,
2: you know, you've got at least a 30-minute window from 1026. To, you oh, could, and I speed
0: home. Yeah. Oh, and I speed home, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm always <laughs> suspicious of you trying to break into my place. Yeah.
2: So, no, because um, you could – do all like and and you know like sometimes you gotta be somewhere out live, like or out, yeah, you know, or you go and you get something and you've got to run back and anchor. Well, you might want to swing by your place first to get a different shirt or or however it is. You've probably done that more times than you can count on your life. And then you know you're on at 1025, and then you have. Yeah, probably at 10, 18, you're probably going to be like, and Pierre's going to talk about the Timberwolves tonight. And then you're there like, I
0: sure am. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> That's, you you would be amazed at how I, I, how strategically I plot out my day, depending on where, what story I'm doing, where it is, what I can get away with, what I can't get away with, what I should bring with me, what I don't have to bring with me. It is a whole methodical process, yeah. like on a day-to-day basis.
2: Yeah, because then you have to like, and you have to have discussions I know this is a little inside baseball for our listeners, but the life of a TV news person, on a, especially on a weeknight, like yeah. the weekend, like usually it works out a little bit differently because, you know, somebody's off, you know, you, you've already kind of planned that out. But like on a weeknight, like you covering what could be a double overtime um, a basketball game could throw everything that you plan to do off. So you have to In plan for every contingency,
0: you know? Correct. Yeah. And that has happened. That has happened. I said we're planning to be on at like nine forty-five in between nine forty-five, nine fifty, and then suddenly this game, like you said, is in overtime. Delaware's like push us back. We can't push you back. I was like, well, I can't go live from the floor while the game's going on. So what do you suggest? (laughs) It's yes, it is. I tell people all the time: if you people watching at home only knew the absolute tornado that occurs. Before we even go, I had it happen to me about a month ago where i I raced Chet Holmgren came back to Minnesota when the Thunder played the Wolves, mm-hmm. and they waited that game ended at nine thirty and I'm on at ten twenty five or whatever Chet Holmgren didn't take the podium until about ten fifteen ten seventeen for some ungodly reason, and I was basically out of breath, getting to the floor and couldn't hear my producer in my ear at at one point it and th- People have no idea. It was oh. a photo finish. Yeah. Photo finish. Yeah. I, uh,
2: I, there is nothing more stressful for, um, for TV than here's the other thing about, especially about the NBA. They're in no rush to get it done either.
0: No, like there's no, they're
2: no like they're just like, so if you're in that double overtime, like it, everything moves even slower. Like they're just, yep. you know, Oh, it's a yep. second overtime. Well, it's not a full period. Like, you just like would you guys
0: like you don't have to take all the timeouts. Like you don't. Right. Yeah. No, and now and, uh, the fans are loving the free basketball, and here I am sitting in my press seat. I'm like this is my nightmare. This is just hey, gonna be like, hey, it's January tenth, guys. Like yeah. it's, <laughs> this
2: yeah. is it's not gonna make a break. Trying. You.
0: Stop <laughs> trying. Especially when you have those coaches that'll still take a timeout with three point seven left and you're down five, as if that's gonna matter. Like uh, infuriating. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, they, again, because that's five. That's usually about five minutes. Yes. All, all total. Like of what every, you have to do. Yeah.
0: Every minute matters for yeah. us. Yeah. Every minute matters. Yeah. It does. You think it doesn't. It does. Yeah. percent. No, you have no idea how many times in my life I have like
2: been at a basketball game and the, a coach is getting walloped and they have two timeouts left and they yeah. don't use them. And I want to walk up and be like, God bless you, sir. You yeah. you're yes. a Mensch. You I hope yes. good things happen to you. I'm sorry about your terrible loss. I hope you never lose another game because that was super considerate. Those timeouts were for nothing.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And you blame the players for that loss, the, not the coach in your yeah. post-game uh, report. Yeah. yeah, no, that's all the player's fault. No, the yeah. coach is okay in my book. <laughs> yeah, he's, great. he's great. Yeah. All right. So Caleb
2: Downs from Alabama is and he's he's their best player to go in the portal. Most of their guys who've gone in the portal are not guys you would really know if you if you weren't an Alabama fan because most of them are redshirt freshmen, sophomores, guys who played a little bit. Now, Caden Proctor, I, I would say that's probably number two because he was a, a big get they got from Iowa. They thought he was going to go to Iowa. He went to Alabama. Maybe he goes back to Iowa. Who knows? But he's back in the portal. But Caleb Downs was freshman All-American, just all over the place, uh, didn't look like a freshman from the jump. I mean, he was – um, you know rated by you know the 5 star plus which i don't even know what the plus means but he was if that's what it means it's Caleb Downs like if you want to know what a 5 star plus is Caleb Downs is a guy who can step in right away at Alabama and be the second or third best player on their defense you know right away on that defense so he's in the portal and he wants to make a decision in 48 hours he's already met with Georgia Ohio State's going down there today to put the full court press on him, it is wild. Like, could you imagine any other sport where the best player is just all of a sudden available to you and you have two days to go talk to him? Like, yeah. if, if, if just tomorrow Steph Curry was like, "Yeah, I'm tired of the Bay Area. The real estate prices here are really crappy and I... Yeah, I, I feel like I'm not going to get the, the best return on this house, so I'd rather just take the loss and you know, go somewhere else. I'd really only consider to play at a non-state income tax state. And, like, all the ones from, like, Texas and Oklahoma and and Florida are just, like, at Steph Curry's house being like, hey, guess what, (laughs) you know?
0: How you doing?
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's just that's how weird college football is, that a dude can go, I'm done here. I would like to go somewhere else. And then, by the way, you have two days to come down and do this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And on top of it too, I mean, if you're the player, you're like, I, I got to make a decision, you know, how fast have the, I can't tell, you know, it, it's like the the window opens and shuts pretty fast. And you're asking 18, 19, 20 year olds to just be like, you you better make a big life decision in the blink of an eye um, and, and good luck to you. But uh, he, he's a heck of a player though, isn't he, Paul? I mean, my gosh, he's, he's just got, First round talent written all over him. I mean, maybe probably okay. top five pick potential. Yeah. So, yeah, it's you know I I'm really looking forward to seeing him in a San Jose State jersey soon enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah,
2: yeah. He's he's told San Jose State like, hey, I know you don't have a head coach yet, but you better get here.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You better, yeah, yeah. You better, you, get you get here. got the. You got the great blue and yellow ski color scheme going. I'm, I'm a sucker for that, but you better
2: hurry. I really liked having three meals a day, but I felt it slowed me down. So I'm going to go. Correct. <laughs> I'm going to go have what they call brulupper at <laughs> San Jose wait, State.
0: <laughs> wait till I wait till I take him to La Victoria Taqueria. I bet you he signs on the dotted line after that.
2: <laughs> no, I. How many text messages, phone calls, direct messages? does a guy like that get? Like, what is the little red number?
0: Man. Like, I mean, what's, like what's, that
2: is- what's more? The little red number on Caleb Downs' phone or the little red number on, say, um, Jim Harbaugh's phone after Michigan won, of people just texting him to say congratulations?
0: Yeah, wow. Uh, I, uh, honestly, I would say it's Downs. Yeah. I think it's down because, because he, he is, listen, Jim Harbaugh, you know, probably still only has a flip phone for starters, I'm guessing. <laughs> and then, uh, but you know, this kid, this kid can is one of those talents that seems like they could turn, hey, turn the program around or elevate you know, Not to that's, elevate the pro your program to another level. Yeah. That's, that's really what I'm going for. And, and, and he's, the guys like that don't come around very often. No, they really don't. No, they
2: don't. They don't.
0: And I just,
2: I mean, I just wondered like, okay, going through like, you know, it's just like, hey, this is so, like Ohio State, Georgia, Florida, Miami, LSU. Like I promise you that unless he just, because he has, a, um, you can put do not contact in the transfer portal. So if he put do not contact, that means he, he will reach out to where he wants to go. Mm-hmm. So that's the only way he can save himself is put do not contact. And even then with do not contact, I don't really think that that rule is followed all that much. Oh, no, just if, you were, if you were if you want a guy that bad, you'll be like, well I may not call him, but I could certainly like run by his house and throw a letter. <laughs> and be like, "Hey, I know that you said do not contact, but I'm from Penn State and I'm just I'm going to be at the Starbucks around the corner. Just if you're interested in Penn State, Come to Starbucks, order a mocha latte with oat milk, and I'll know that you're interested.
0: <laughs> like It's like a secret service. It's like a CIA kind <laughs> yeah. of like, yeah. You find a little note at the cash register outside. Yeah. It just says outside on it. It's a little backdoor deal. So, yeah, yeah he's 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 a great talent. And, man, I just, whoever gets him is going to be lucky. Whoever yeah. gets him is going to be lucky, that's for sure. Yeah,
2: absolutely. When we come back, Pierre is going to help walk me through Mike McCarthy and... Uh, I'm, re- I'm ready for this. Yes. I am
0: very ready for this. Yeah.
2: I, um, and I need some outside perspective because sure. we've talked to a bunch of Cowboy analysts this week and I've talked to a bunch mm-hmm. of my friends. And I'm at the point, Pierre, when you look at this, I'm just saying totally logically about the Cowboys over the last 28 years of every era they've gone through about what they can do to get back. I really don't think they've missed much. And they still no. keep losing. So what's the thing that's missing that yeah. they just don't have? I think I might be able to put my finger on it, but it's also not something that you could just go get. Like,
0: it's it's an intangible thing. So, I think you and I might be thinking the same thing. Yeah, We might be thinking the same thing, but so, we'll find out.
2: And I will... Listen, here's the other thing I'm going to do. I'm going to confirm and dispel Jerry Jones' myths. Like, if you... Have a, uh, a thing about Jerry Jones. I will confirm or dispel it, or I might play in the middle. I did this after the show with Royden the other day. I thought I would do it with you. Um, yes, I know exactly
0: what I want to say on that. Yeah, 100%. so
2: I'll tell you, like, whether you're where you are, like, if it's true, mostly true, not true at all, or that's the, like, that's the, the goblin story that doesn't, that's not really how it is. So right. anyway, we'll do that next. This is the triple option of 365 Sports.
1: If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber, we deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more fast just got faster this is 365 sports powered by Sikkim 365.com welcome to the triple option
2: here's your host Paul Catalina Pierre Newsom, alongside Pierre as promised we're gonna we're gonna try to walk through this Mike McCarthy situation okay now I'll tell you if you look at it with complete logic and take the emotions of a terrible playoff beating out of it cuz it's it's ultimately one game in the, in the series of 18 of them that they played. It's 12 games winner, 3 years in a row, but only one playoff win. So like though the scale is not, you know, like those 30 like 36 other wins and the other one are about like, you know, <laughs> it's not as so it doesn't really make sense to fire a guy who certainly made them better. And I will say this, Mike McCarthy has made the Cowboys better. They have improved from Jason Garrett. Absolutely. So if that's the goal, then if you are, again, just talking about factually, it's probably not very logical to fire that guy that's made you better. But Tony Dungy made the Bucks better and didn't win the Super Bowl, and then John Gruden came in and won it the next year because he brought just that little bit of an edge and offensive scheme that they needed to it so outside of doing something like that which they're now not going to do they're going to keep him like they've got to find some way to get that edge and I think that's what I was talking about before that's what they're missing is they just don't have an edge like the 90s Cowboys did like the Chiefs do now like there's no you know it doesn't matter like it seems that their good games all, all seem to be very conditional. Like it, yeah. if it works out this way, they're going to be great. If it doesn't, they're not. As where just comparing it to who is the consistently best team, the Chiefs right now. They have the best player. Yes, we know that. But like even now, like they're they're not having their best season. But it doesn't really matter because if you've got Patrick Mahomes within two scores with three minutes left, yeah, they can probably win the game still because they've yeah. got they've got that they've got that dog in them, right? Right. The Cowboys right. just, for whatever reason, haven't been able to grab that. And that's not a tangible thing. That's not something you can just go and go, okay, we're going to hire this guy and draft this guy and that's, draft this guy. And then all of a sudden we've got the, the strength of a thousand soldiers. It's just not how it is. So I, right. don't, I don't know. But I want your thoughts on it because I really at the point now, covering the team as long as I have, following the team my whole life, there's not much that they've really done wrong over these eras to try to get better, they just can't get it right because most NFL teams would swap records with the Cowboys in a heartbeat and be like, well, if we're doing that, we're doing something, you know, like we'll get there. But the Cowboys, like it's at the point where nobody has any faith that they can do anything once the regular season ends.
0: If I had to put my finger on it and as to why they haven't been able to get to that next level, coaching is not the first thing I would point to quarterback while talented. And I'm not just talking about Dak Prescott because I was never a fan of Tony Romo. Like I he's fine, fine. But there are, the quarterbacks are talented, but they are limited. Mm -hmm. There are limitations to their game. That's why when there was conversation of Dak Prescott, potentially being the MVP at some point, I said, no, that won't happen. That, that won't happen. It, it will not happen because Dak has not shown us the ability to elevate his game at a crucial time when your quarterback needs to make it. Same thing happened with Tony Romo. Tony Romo, like th- this talk of Tony Romo when when there was grumblings about him being like in the ring, yeah, I, in the Ring of Honor, maybe, maybe even like you know in the Hall of Fame or something. I was like, are you out of your freaking mind? Yeah. How many playoff games did Tony Romo win? Two, one, two, two. Like okay. Tony Romo, people are talking about Tony Romo as as if he's in this great lineage of quarterbacks that the Dallas Cowboys have had. No, no, he's not. He was fine. He was, he was, he was all right. You didn't know what? Like there's limitations. Yeah. There's limitations. You
2: know what Tony Romo was? He was Pepto Bismol. Yeah. Pepto Bismol doesn't cure you of what's going on. That has to pass through your system. It just, allows you to function. <laughs> like, yeah. that's it, right? So, like, if you've got a stomach bug, you take the Pepto-Bismol to make sure that you're not living in the bathroom. And, count, right. like, he allowed them to do that, but he didn't cure a thing, you know? And that, there were other problems that popped up because the Cowboys used to be like, "Well, we've got Tony, we can win any time we have him. Because he right. was really fun to watch late in games. Um,
0: but, you know... It, it, you that know. to me, That, to me, has been the crux of the issue because... You know, while I believe Dak is a more talented quarterback than Tony was, there still seems to be, like I said, limitations to what he's able to do late in the season at a crucial time. And the, going back to what we previously talked about before the break in terms of Jerry Jones, the one of the misconceptions I feel like that is going around about people are talking about Jerry Jones as if he's George Steinbrenner. They're talking about him as if like he fires guys like it's a bodily function, yeah. you know. <laughs> like that's that's not Jerry in the '90s could have been like that, but Jerry now, like you said, with Jason, he let Jason Garrett coach that football team at least, at least two more years than he should have, three. But yes, three. yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. Three I, mean, more I would years. fully agree with three. three I would three, fully three, agree with three
2: more years than he should have. And so, well, so why? And what happened was 2016 happened with Dak and Zeke and, like, they yes. had this young team, and they're like, oh, okay, like, yeah. let's not yeah. upset the apple cart here. And then you kind of saw what happened. Well, right. um, Dak's not a young player anymore. I mean, not I, anymore, no. he should be, he's, he's in the pr- what is the prime of his career, right? Yes. As a quarterback, yes. your early 30s is the prime of your career most of the time. Unless you're Patrick Mahomes, then your whole life is the prime of your career. But, yeah, <laughs> like, <right>. you know, <laughs> just how it is. But I... Um, and I'll tell you, like, give me a myth about Jerry Jones. Like, we'll do this right now. What's a myth or something you you think is public perception about Jerry Jones? I'll tell you
0: how accurate it is. Um, I would say I'm, it depends on how serious we're getting. I uh, like I, I would say one perception I think about Jerry Jones right now is he it's win at all costs. He doesn't care, you know, like a Greg Hardy situation. Yeah, um, it, it doesn't matter, like I, you know that kind of uh, thing.
2: I I th- well, okay, that used to be true. Yeah, and. I, was, I remember being there the first day that Greg Hardy came in, and like, it was like, this guy's a real piece of crap. Like, it, yeah. Was, yeah. it was one of those things. Is like, man, Jerry, you are really pushing it. Yeah. But I would say, and this is what Jason Garrett helped him do, helped him because he brought in R- Rolando McLean under Jason Garrett. Rolando McLean was actually very productive, and Nick Saban, I think, brought Rolando McLean to the coaching staff. I think, he's, I think he's turned his life around. And if it not had not been for Nick Saban telling Jerry, like, yeah, uh, you have my – like, I'll vouch for him. Like, that maybe not would not have happened. Yes, they've got some guys that have run a foul. Like, every team does have guys getting a little bit of trouble, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. I would say since after Greg Hardy, because Jason Garrett and other players like Tyrone Crawford went to him and said, look, we, we just don't, we can't have this in our locker room. Like nobody trusts this guy. It, it, like that was 2015. It undid their season. It's completely like, I mean that and or almost injury like those, like it was just, it undid their season. It, it mm-hmm. completely co- uh, like killed the chemistry in the locker room because there are a bunch of guys who are like, I don't want to be around this human being. And right. Players can morally equivocate with the best of them, but, like, even there's a bridge too far for for some guys. So I would say lately he has, he has moved past that in favor of locker room harmony, although any NFL team, that's not, like, nobody really goes 53 for 53. You know? No, like it's, no. It's, you know, everybody's got something that goes on. But, yeah. look, I'll tell you, the 90s Cowboys had some stuff going on. Right. I mean, that they, that they really let go, you know, that would not fly in today's NFL. Um, you know, that like there were times where, and he kept thinking he could do that. And like, it was Jerry's home for a wayward, you know, stud football players for a while. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, they, they did bring in Martavis Bryant. He's on the practice squad. So like, it's still there, but it's not, it's not as featured as it was before you know, right. Look, they also signed Michael Sam. So they're, they're, they're with the time. <laughs> right.
0: Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs>
2: they're that day too. Uh, but you know, like it, there are, you know, there's just, there's always, there's, I think that's, that's maybe he's gotten a little better at that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to absolve him of it, but he's a little better of it.
0: I, I would say maybe, uh, it, I don't know if it's a miss. Conception, but Jerry. It sometimes maybe from afar seems to suffer from the grass is always greener mentality. Yeah, um, which which is hard not to have. I would say in professional sports, mm-hmm. like the mo- the moment Mike McCarthy got there, by the time his first year was over. People are already saying like there were already talk. There was already talk of him like, oh man, he Sean Payton's available. Oh, Mike McCarthy's got to be done. He's he's yeah. done because Jerry's gonna get Sean Payton in here. Yeah, and I, I bet you, I bet you, Jerry probably did sit in his owner's box at some point and think, man, the timing of that just really sucked for me because absolutely, I would have wanted Sean Payton here, but the you know we were ships in the night, so to speak. At that yeah, point, yeah, they've so. always
2: kind of been and. Uh, Sean Payton's daughter actually interned for the Cowboys uh, one summer. Um, so, like, I remember, like, when she was there, I was like, maybe one day her dad will be here. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, but even still, like, I'll tell you, Jerry now, especially with players, is loyal to a fault. Like, yeah. he has is, he is kept, like, it's not only Jason Garrett he kept too long. He's kept several yeah. players too long. The biggest one that was hard for him was Terrell Owens, but it was the right time and he made the right decision. He has softened in his old age. I will tell you that. But he's still Jerry. Um, the, I, I would say the other myth about Jerry is that people don't want to work for Jerry. Uh, people do want to work for Jerry. People yeah. like Jerry. Jerry's evuncular. People, like, he's really, he's, he's a great salesman. He's, he's, yeah. he's, he really is. Look, he's the best owner and the worst general manager. And he has both those titles. But, like, Will McClay is there. Everybody wants Will McClay to come work for them. And he stays with the Cowboys, even though he's not the general manager in title, but he essentially is anyway. I mean, he's the one who's acquired all this talent that everyone loves. So they've got a good personnel department. They just – it's every year they miss – like, the other thing that happens to them that they're not very good at, it's very weird, where every year a team has to take a calculated risk because of the salary cap on, okay, this is where we're going to have to be, you know, in – like – under budget. So yeah. they had Leighton Van Der Ash, who's on a, on a one-year deal, and he got hurt. But so they're like, okay, we're going to go under budget at linebacker. Well, Leighton Van Der Ash gets hurt, and under budget at linebacker turns into a terrible run defense that can't stop teams like San Francisco and Green Bay who can do that for you. So, and then that thing undoes them. Like, they, they go a little bit too far under budget. For years, and I mean years, it was safety. Like, yeah, the Jeff Heath was on the Cowboys and he was a nice player to have, but he started for way too long. And it's because Jeff Heath was good, not great, and he cost this much money and they were spending it all at other places. But if you were a safety, unless you were Jeff Heath, you weren't getting that second contract. They've yeah. changed that now because the game has changed and you need better safeties because everybody's whipping it all over the field. But, yeah, right now it's – and it's the last two years. Last year it was, okay, we've got CeeDee Lamb. We think he's going to be good. Amari Cooper didn't get the, didn't get the shot. Um, and he didn't do whatever it took to get on the field and get through these protocols. So we're kind of annoyed with him. So we're going to send him to the Browns for basically nothing. And, yeah. and then, yeah, they got, you know, Brandon Cooks. They got all – like they they've kind of fixed that problem a little bit. They had a great offense all year long, but, you know, so that was fixed. And then it's just, yeah, it, there's always one thing that completely derails them in the one time they they need it to to just not be as big of a problem.
0: Yeah, I think, well, it, this year's team specifically, I mean, losing Trayvon Diggs hurt them a lot. But and, and, they said but, like, to Ron
2: Bland, who had a, yeah, a record-setting year, so, like, yeah, they were, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, no, they, I mean, they, they've they got talent over the. The issue for me is, like, Jordan Love was not exactly lighting the league on fire. And Matt LaFleur, while I believe is a good coach, I would love to have Matt LaFleur as my coach. That team should not be putting up 48 points on your home field. I know that they scored twice, you know, on on picks, but still that team was walking up and down the field on you on your home field. And let's be honest, Green Bay was not that great of a team this year. They played well down the stretch for sure. They did, but credit to them, you credit should, to them.
2: You should not have let no. them roll in like that and beat you like that. No, and that's not shouldn't. taking anything away from Green Bay.
0: It's just. No, no, we're not. That's a, But 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 this was a matchup that, I mean, what was the spread? 13 and a half? Is that what it was? Yeah. Or did it get down to 10 and a half? Maybe I'm overshooting it, but maybe yeah. it opened at 13 and a half. But I, so, but one thing that you bring up about Jerry And that that I would I would like to go back to the thing that I find interesting about Jerry is I'm not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing that he plays hardball in terms of contract negotiations with the star players, because, you you know, he did it with Zeke Elliott, which is fine. I mean, but but he also did it with Dak, you know, like and do you really want to upset your quarterback? But at the same time, too, I think Jerry is is correct and is thinking like it it almost feels like he's caught in between he's like i've got this guy like dak prescott who's good is he good enough to get me there i don't know but at the same time if i lose him i'm essentially rebuilding Mm -hmm. do i want to he's caught in the middle he's got one of those players where you're caught in the middle you can't um look you cover the vikings they're in the same spot right now same spot okay so i think the dolphins are in the same spot too right now Uh for the record
2: yeah, and look, Tua's a good player. He's a good player. Yeah. Um, he's yeah. got really good players around him. That's for Correct. sure. Um, yeah, and but you can't like, especially with the Dolphins, like between Maria Marino and Tua, you know, yeah. is is a void. Like, not everybody can be the Packers where it's you know, Favre to Rodgers to now Jordan Love. You know, right. like they they they've done it right. Um, you know, the Cowboys have actually been pretty lucky. They went from. They went through a bit of a, like, until Romo from Aikman to Romo was a bit of a desert, but by, you know, Cleveland comparisons, it's not that bad, right? Right. So, um, you know, so they, they've they had Aikman and Romo and Dak, like, Romo and Dak back-to-back has been a- able to keep them above water. Right, yeah. But if you throw Dak out, like, you're not guaranteed to no. get a guy who is, and look, the other thing about it, so Aikman – their last truly great quarterback was the first pick in the draft.
1: Right. Okay?
2: He was the first pick in the draft. They had it one more year after that. They took Russell Maryland, and then uh-huh. they never had the first pick in the draft since then, ever. They've get, been as high as four. Like That's when they drafted Zeke. So the right. highest pick they've ever had is four. They're never really bad enough to be at four. And so when it comes to quarterbacks now, Like, for example, if they wanted to get rid of Dak and draft Caleb Williams, do you know what they would have to do to make that happen? Like, it wouldn't even make sense because you'd mortgage your future and then you'd ruin Caleb Williams. Ask Washington about, you know, drafting, trading up to draft RG3 and then not have any draft picks to put around him. And then the team is bad and they're like, well, it's his fault. Like, well, you could have drafted – you could have used – a couple of third round draft picks to get a guard or two that <laughs> could be happening
0: with Bryce young right now in Carolina ex- as well.
2: Exactly. So you do that. Like there's always a cost if you don't do it the exact right way and, and you know, thread the needle. So if you get rid of Dak, like there's no guarantee that you can get an equal player back. Like right. there's no guarantee and yes. how long that'll yes. take because yeah. you, you just don't know. Like Minnesota, same situation with Kirk cousins. Like they either have to resign Kirk cousins trade for Russell Wilson Yep. Or start fresh. And yep. when you have one of the best receivers in all of football, starting fresh doesn't really sound that appealing.
0: Because who, you have to, who you have to pay a record contract. It's going to be a record amount of money if you want to keep him, by the way.
2: Yeah, so it's all those things. You know, The Cowboys are going to have to pay CD as well, and Michael yes. Parsons. So they've yep. got this situation. They kind of have to keep Dak. And now, look. Yeah, right. Yes. You, you can see, like, I could see them, like, Drafting a quarterback here in the next couple drafts in the middle rounds and going, we hoped so. But Romo was undrafted and a miracle, right? That, yeah, that right. his career happened the way it did. Dak was a fourth round pick. So, you know, <clears throat> like as they move <clears throat> up the ladder, maybe eventually they'll get to a point where they can draft a Drake May, Caleb Williams type, but it's not going to be in the next three or four years.
0: No, and, and I know we're running out of time, but at the same I just want to point out like lo- you said a magic word in there, loyalty. There's there's sometimes you're loyal to a fault as an owner or general manager or whatever. And, and I bring up Miami as a perfect example because they kept they were there was no competition for Ryan Tannehill, like when he when he was in Miami. Why? Why yeah. would there be no quarterback competition for him? So last year I was I was looking at, like the nutcase banging on the table saying trade to it and whatever you have have to for Aaron Rodgers to get Aaron Rodgers in Miami. Because not only that, not only that, you get an upgraded quarterback. I know that they want to like, you know, I know it would cost money. It might've been different with a money situation for them. That's probably why they didn't do it. But at the same time too, you knew like somebody probably like the Jets was in front line. You got to keep him away from a divisional opponent. Yeah, Like who's, why am I not, why am I the only one thinking big picture here? What's the (laughs) problem? What is going on?
2: Yeah. Pierre, I think they just need to lock you. Like they should have a contest where Dolphins fans get to spend five minutes in a room with Steven Ross. Oh, dude. Just like an essay, video submission, whatever. And they pick 12 of you to spend five minutes because that's an hour. So it's only an hour out of his very wealthy life. Mm -hmm. And the clock starts and you get to just – you can all strategize together too. So you can be like, all right, here's the deal. I'm going to take quarterback. You take offensive line. You take special teams. We'll just move on down the line until you get to a spot and then you all spend that five minutes in a room with him and, and that way he just knows he has the problem
0: it. the problem with that for me would be it would be five minutes of the airing of grievances all off festivus and then by the time that's over I'll be like all right let's talk about the team now and I'd be like nope your time's up I was well, like see, ah! that
2: you could be the gr-